we're looking this morning at hope. And there's two ways of looking at hope. We have the hope uh, in, who or what do we hope in, but then we also have hope for, what kind of things or experiences or results do we hope for? And today I want to ask you, what, what do you hope for? What is your hope? There, there, there are those two ways, and, and we can just as easily talk about where do we place our hope? Do we place our hope in chariots or in our bank accounts? Do we place our hope in our military or our jobs? Do we place our hope in our health? Or do we place our hope in Christ? Do we place our hope in, in God our Father? But we can also talk about what we hope for. What do we hope for? What do we expect to see? And that's, that's the hope that we're going to be talking about today. In, in Romans chapter 8, which is our passage, verses 22 to 25, Paul is talking about that hope for. Hope for. And today we're going to be looking at what is a persevering hope. But what do you hope for? And it doesn't have to be spiritual, but just in general, what are your hopes? Maybe for uh, the coming holiday season. Maybe your hope for the next year. You know, they're, they're, they're the Christmas songs started up before Thanksgiving, and one of them that you hear often is, you know, oh, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. You know, that is that fictional girls who's singing it. That's her hope. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Now, hopefully you've got a little bit more reasonable hope, but what do you hope for? What do you hope for in the near term? What do you hope for long distance? What do you, what do you hope for? That's what we're going to be looking at here in Romans chapter 8. Uh, we're going to look at verses 22 through 25 together. And so go ahead and if you're there, hopefully with me, you can read along with me as I read it. But Paul is talking about how we live the Christian life and he, he gets into talking about creation and how creation has been subjected to uh, futility because of sin in the world. You know, the, the fact that we have thorns that grow up and choke out the good plants that we want to grow. And he says in verse 22, For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves. Even those who have Jesus Christ in them and who have been redeemed by His blood, being the first fruits of the Holy Spirit, we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons the redemption of our body. For in hope we have been saved. But hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he already sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. Now maybe this isn't groundbreaking for you. But reading this, I was struck with a revelation. What Paul is saying here is that we do not hope for what we have. We do not hope 
for what we already have. What we have, we do not hope for. And, and maybe, maybe you're like, yeah, so. But honestly, this, to, to spell it out, made me say, oh, yeah, he's right. You know, it, it, he, he tells us, and hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. Hope that is seen, that we already have experienced, isn't hope. So for instance, the little girl wanting the hippopotamus for Christmas. As long as she never gets a hippopotamus, that hope continues. But the day she gets a hippopotamus for Christmas, well, now she's no longer hoping for it. She's already experienced it, and most likely she'll start regretting it. But as soon as you obtain the thing you hope for, it is no longer hope. We do not hope for what we have. Hope is constantly out of reach. Isn't that amazing just to think about that? For instance, at one point in my life, I hoped to be married and I hoped to have a family. I no longer hope to be married because that has been fulfilled. I may hope for a 50th anniversary. That's a possibility. Neither guaranteed you know, but hopeful, hope for, but we don't know about that yet. But, but getting married and having kids, that's there. Now, I can hope that my kids will grow up and get jobs and leave the house. That's a hope <laughs> because they're still at home. You know, hope is something you don't have yet. And that's what Paul is saying here when he says, in hope we have been saved. He's saying there, the, this hope we have in Christ through this hope and in this hope, we have been saved. So what is he saying there? He's saying, I'm not talking about salvation. We no longer, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you no longer are hoping that you'll be saved. You are saved. So therefore then, what is the hope? Well, the hope is, and as we see, it's in the future. We hope for what we do not see. With perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. Our hope is in the future. It's not in the past. Our hope will always be, our hope is in the future. Our hope is in the future. It, it, it's, it's not something we've already obtained. It will always be out of reach, in a sense. And so what Paul is talking about here when he's talking about our hope and hope we've been saved, but really what he is talking about is found in verse 23. That he's talking about how we groan within ourselves. As, and what do we groan for? We're waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. So what he is talking about when he is talking to the, the believers in Rome about hope, and groaning, it's not for salvation, although if you do not have Jesus Christ in your heart, if you're not believing in Him and you don't have the Holy Spirit guiding you, that can still be a hope. But if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, your hope is no longer that you would get Jesus. Now our hope becomes in the future. The redemption of our bodies, the adoption of sons, the fulfillment of what Jesus has begun in our lives. That He has saved us, yes, 
And yet we still sin, we still struggle, and we still feel the effects of the decay of death in our lives. But we have a hope. And that hope in the future is redemption of our bodies, the resurrection. That's what he's talking about when he's talking about this hope that we have, that that we haven't experienced it, we haven't received it, but we are looking for it. Now, as as he's talking about that, notice uh, he says, and and, and this is within the context of groaning, uh, and he even describes it as, as the pains of childbirth, labor pains. You know, that, that the whole world groans, all of creation groans, and even as believers, and maybe you've experienced that yourself, and you, maybe you thought it was wrong of you to kind of groan about the, the fallen nature of the world and how things don't work and how you want things to be better, right? Even we groan because we understand and know that the world that we live in has fallen and messed up. And so we groan for redemption. We groan for the adoption as sons. And he says, waiting eagerly. Waiting eagerly. And that word, waiting eagerly, it's one word in the Greek, and we had to make it two to make sense of it as English-speaking people. Waiting eagerly, like anticipating. Not just, oh, well, I'm waiting. No. Eagerly waiting. And, and, and as I think about this, uh, I, I'm, I'm reminded of my time, and I know you all have had, well, I don't know if everybody has, but a lot of us have had time in the hospital or where you're going in and then you get to spend the night there, and maybe you get to spend a couple of nights and you would like to get out of there, right? Very few people say, I'd like to spend a week in the hospital. I think it'll be fun. No, you get there and, and you, you go there because you're desperately wanting to be healthy again, and then once you're there, you can't wait to get out, right? And, and, but what is, what is it? It's a lot of waiting. Well, the doctor will be in sometime this afternoon. Well, this will happen. Well, we have to get that done. Well, and you spend a lot of time waiting. And, and the crazy thing is, is that there's not a whole lot for you to do. You can't uh, make yourself healthy. You know, you can't do the medicine. You've got to wait on other people to do things for you. If you want something to drink, they don't just let you go down the hallway to the nurse's station to get out a, you know, a fruit juice. Somebody will bring it to you. You want more water? Somebody will bring it to you. What do you end up doing? You end up waiting. Waiting a lot. And in, in fact, in, in here in, in this passage and in our lives, our part is to Wait. That's our job. That's what we need to do. That's all Paul is saying here for us. As we're groaning, as we're looking for God to do something, as we're looking for the redemption of our bodies, uh, we wait. But we wait eagerly. What does that mean to, to wait eagerly? It doesn't just mean that we you know, mindlessly sit around staring at the wall. No, to, to eagerly wait means that you anticipate that time coming and you do what you can and you do what's in front of you while you wait i don't know about you but when i was in the hospital this summer one of the things i did that i enjoyed was planning out my menu you know i wasn't cooking but i was circling what do i want today what do i want tomorrow what are my options and there was a little bit of joy and that's something i would never eat if i wasn't here why don't i circle that and then there was 
you know, the tasks that they gave me, the breathing exercises and the sleeping, laying down prone. Well, hey, that's what I'm here to do. I've got nothing else to do. I've got 24 hours in which to do it today. Let's get busy staring at the mattress. And I actively, eagerly did that. You know? And always with the idea of someday I'm getting out of here. So what do I need to do today? What do I need to do today to get that thing done? But all the time, I didn't get the choice. Now, obviously, I could have just said, uh, I'm walking out of here and you can't restrain me. But wanting to be released with doctors, you know, guidance, eagerly waiting, eagerly waiting, anticipating, getting frustrated sometimes. I don't know about you all. Maybe, maybe you're, you're eagerly waiting for something. You have a hope for something and you get frustrated that it's not coming soon enough, right? Anybody have that problem? Maybe you're eagerly waiting for a new job and it's not coming and you're kind of frustrated with it. Maybe you're eagerly hopeful. You're hopeful for a change in a relationship with family member or a friend or a neighbor and you're eagerly waiting for that to happen. You're thinking, okay, what can I do today that might bring that about? What can I do today that will, will spur it along? What can I do today to make this time while I'm waiting better? But you get frustrated because you're like, I really wish that would already be here. Ever been in that where you're hoping and you really wish that thing you hoped for was already here? But it seems to be out in the distance still. It's out in the distance. And so what do we do? We, we eagerly wait, but we wait. We have to struggle with it. And in fact, uh, you know, I, I think of Proverbs uh, 13, 12. You know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. When you have to wait for something, and maybe you get to the point where you wish it was here, you know, like, like I could have gotten out of the personally, I could have gone out of there a couple days early. I would have loved to have. And it kind of made my heart sick to have to wait and wait and wait. Maybe you'd like to move on from, from this earthly coil to heavenly realms above, and it makes you kind of tired and sick to have to wait and wait and wait. Maybe you're looking for that redemption of a relationship or that new job and it makes you sick to have to wait and to wait and to wait. And here, here's the interesting thing. I, I think this waiting thing is intentional by God. I think, I think He means to not give us things quickly. You go to Hebrews chapter 11 this afternoon and just read about Abraham who was looking for a kingdom of his own and left the kingdom of his family and went to a land he didn't know and he waited for a son. You know, Abraham, the time between when God called Abraham to when he had Ishmael and the time from when he had Ishmael to when he had Isaac, there was actually more waiting after he had Ishmael than there was before. He got impatient, and Sarah got impatient before, and they said, hey, maybe let's, you know, Abram, here's my maidservant. Why don't you bear a child with her on my behalf? Maybe that's what God wants us to do. They were that impatient, and then after he had Ishmael, he had to wait even longer. There was more waiting after Ishmael than before. 
and you combine it all together, from the time God called Abram out to the time Isaac showed up, was a lot of waiting for that hope of a child. And that hope deferred made his heart sick. And I don't know about you, but hope deferred makes my heart sick. It's a struggle. And yet throughout that chapter of Hebrews chapter 11, all these people of faith, the writer of Hebrews says, and they all died not receiving the promise. They all died and they never obtained the thing they hoped for. What do we call that chapter? We call that chapter, I'm going to forget the the main word, but it's, it's like the gallery of faith. This is the gallery of people that are held up to us from the writer of Hebrews as people who exemplified faith and they didn't obtain that which they hoped for. They didn't obtain that which Abraham never saw generations and nations of children. God told him, your descendants will be as many as the stars. Your descendants will be as many as the sand. But he never actually saw them. I'm going to give you all this land, but yet he died a wanderer through that land. He never saw the fulfillment of that promise. And we as believers, we have seen the fulfillment of that promise in Jesus Christ. But all those people in Hebrews 11, they, the writer says they, they died not, not receiving that which was promised. And yet they lived in faith. And that's what Paul's getting at here. In, in, in verse 25, he says, but if we hope for what we do not see, if you see it, you've got it. That's not hope. But if we hope for what we do not see, With perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. So just as he said in verse uh, 23, waiting eagerly for our adoption of sons, in verse 25, we wait eagerly for it. And I think there's something in there where God purposely, those things that we hope for, He sets them out of reach. They're beyond. They might show up. Some things we hope for, they might show up quickly. The bigger things we hope for, I think sometimes they, they take a little longer. And that's because of that word with perseverance. With perseverance. Perseverance uh, elsewhere shows up where um, we talk about, for instance, in James, that the testing of our faith produces endurance. The word in James chapter 1 for endurance is the same word as per- perseverance here. In, in fact, Jesus, when he's talking about the fruit of, of the soils, you know, and you got the soil on the, the road and the soil on the, so, the, the rocky soil, and then you got the, 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 the seed on the uh, thorny soil, and the seed that goes into the good soil and it produces a crop. He actually describes it as a enduring, persevering, fruitful perseverance is the word means an a a patient enduring it's like you're holding on to something and you're patiently holding on to that weight you know it, it it hurts but you you hold on and you endure and you wait 
Just like the, the waiting eagerly. So this idea of with perseverance, we wait eagerly. That's, it's just more that idea of our job, our part in all this, is to be patient, to wait, to look to God for the fulfillment of that which we hope for. But it has a stronger purpose that it is helping us to grow in our faith. It's developing faith. And I would say even that the faith that we have helps us to wait eagerly for that which we hope for. Because, I mean, think of it. Some things that we hope for beyond, say, salvation and resurrection of our bodies, there are things that we can hope for that are not yet. But in this world, we have the opportunity to obtain them. We call that, usually when we do that, sin. If I go about trying to obtain something that God has promised for us in the future, but I'm going to take it in my own way, that's generally, I'm not saying all sin is that, but always when we do that, generally we're sinning. You know, so for instance, he has created us male and female and that we should uh, join together and be fruitful and multiply and live as man and wife for the rest of our lives. But as a teenager, if you're impatient for that hope of being joined together with somebody for the rest of your life, if you're impatient for the, the experience of bonding with another human being in that way, well, you can jump the gun. You can dabble in uh, sex prior to marriage. You can try to obtain that, that thing that you kind of hope for in a way that God did not intend. And that might be a fulfillment that He has coming in the next couple of years for you. And you're just impatient. And instead of waiting, we ruin our experiences and our future. When we wait with perseverance, when we endure those hardships, those, I want it, but it's not today. And I don't know about you, but I didn't learn that as a young kid. You know, I, if I wanted the candy, I'd find a way of getting the candy. I wouldn't wait for the candy. You know, I could sneak it. I'd cheat it. I'd steal it. And those little bitty decisions, boy, over time, don't they ruin us? What does God want us to do, though? He wants us to be patient. He wants us to wait. He wants us to endure, not to give up our hope. We still hope for those things. But to hold on to Him. And when we do that, when we persevere in that way, our, as, we, as we have a persevering hope, that hope that, that perseveres, that endures, persevering hope, I think, is a sign of faith. Because when we do that, we're saying, I trust you, God. I'd really like to get it for myself today. But I trust you, God. I, I, I might cut some corners and get that job that I want. But if I do it the right way, I might not get it. So I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to endure, not try to grab that hope too soon. But I'm going to trust you, God. And that's what we're talking about here when we talk about this this hope of something that we don't have, we don't see it, it's not in our lives yet, we're hoping for it, and we have to wait. And that waiting may be the hardest thing we have to do. That waiting might take all of our self-discipline, all of our prayers, all of our crying out to God that we would wait for Him to fulfill that hope in our lives. 
That's what Paul's calling them to. That if we, if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. On the one hand, he is definitely talking about when Christ comes back. And so we, we groan in this world and we wonder, when is he going to come back? Why is he taking so long? I think part of the reason why he's taking so long, not only just so that he can collect the full number of those that he would redeem, but also for us that we might grow in faith, that we might struggle with hope deferred. And it will make our hearts sick so we go to Christ, we go to God and he gives us the patience and he helps us to wait. Persevering hope isn't just we stop hoping, but it's one that endures and focuses our attention on Him. That's what He calls us to do. So whatever you're hoping for today, whether you're hoping for a, 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 a new job, or a change in job, or a change in a relationship, or a restoration of a relationship, or if you're hoping for rest, if you're hoping for a change in something, maybe you're hoping for more security, Whatever you're hoping for, I want to encourage us today to give it to God. To rest in Him. Not, not just you know, put it aside, but what can I do today? While I'm waiting for God, what do I need to do to, to, to trust in Him, to maintain my faith in Him, to, to, to keep being uh, faithful as I'm waiting? What things can I do maybe that would honor Him while I'm doing it? It might just be making meals or enjoying the meals you have the opportunity to eat while you wait patiently knowing that His time is right, His ideas are right. And as soon as you receive it, you know, I, I went and looked. It, it's kind of funny. You know, in 1 Corinthians, faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. Faith and hope. You know, when we come face to face with Jesus, we will no longer need faith. We will no longer need hope. Love will still be there. But the things that we struggle with today to have faith in Him, to trust Him, to believe in Him when it seems ridiculous, and to hope, and to hold on to hope, those things, once we're there, once you have the resurrection of your body, you, that hope goes away. We will see it. Once we see Christ, we will no longer live in hope. Isn't that a weird thought? But love will endure. So while we are here today, whatever it is that you are hoping for, I want to encourage you, endure in that hope. As you're waiting for it, as it seems so far away, don't become frustrated with the fact that it's so far away. Recognize that it's God's purpose for it to be so far away so that He can help you grow in faith, so that you, He can help you strengthen in your faith. He is actively maturing you in this time when you're probably so frustrated and heartsick, He is working in your life. 
So take courage and continue to hope. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You so much that that we can look in our lives and we can think about things that we have hoped for. And we can see how You have fulfilled those. And as we look forward in our lives and we have new things that we hope for, we can become very impatient, Lord, that we would like to see those things fulfilled today. Lord, we pray. Help us to be patient. Help us to wait eagerly to see how You're operating and how You're acting and how You're going to bring things together. And we pray, Lord, that we would persevere. That we would not give up the hopes we have, but as they continue to be in the future, not fulfilled, may we hope all the more in You for their fulfillment, Father. We ask this today in Jesus' name.